So Jess, why did you become a realtor? I worked in a various customer service jobs, so I wanted something a little bit more rewarding. Um, becoming a real estate agent, being able to help people find their forever homes or their investment homes, starter homes, it's very exciting, so a lot of fun. Now, you've gotten off to a really good start in your real estate career. What has been the most rewarding part of this for you so far? Helping people, especially like first time home buyers, um, finding their first home. They're so excited. Um, I'm so excited to help them. So it's a nice, rewarding part. What is it that you think makes you different than other real estate agents? I think that my various roles in customer service has helped me. So I like to ask a lot of questions and I want to know what I'm doing. So I think that helps a lot because I'm not going to steer people the wrong way. I'm going to make sure they have knowledgeable decisions um, and help them find the right home. Last thing I'm going to ask you is, and I know these are words that you live by, but the mantra at CTBB Realty is? People over paychecks do the damn thing. And that's what we do. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Speaking It Real. I'm your host, Frank. Obviously, we're missing my other half today. Carlos couldn't make it with us, but hey, it's all good. We have uh, a show today where we have Kimberly, where she's normally been a guest on our show, reuniting with her son. We're going to basically talk about their lives, their experiences, what they went through, through their journey to, to reunite. And um, we have, if we have time, we're going to touch up on Roe versus Wade, the, 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 the decisions made last week. Um, I know that I don't agree with it. We'll get our guests' thoughts and we'll take it from there. So um, keep in mind that Speaking It Real is brought to you by Clovercrest Media. Come check them out at, at clovercrestmedia.com. Kimmy, welcome to the show. Hey. As always, Tim, welcome. Glad What's you're up, on. Man? Thanks, man. Go on. You know, hey, um, you made a post, what, maybe a week and a half ago, something like that? Yeah, a week, almost uh uh, about a week to the day, almost, and um, and we ended up here. Mm -hmm. You know, so you want to speak a little bit about your journey? I mean, which one wants to go first on the journey? Should we have Kim, Tim? It doesn't matter. You and I first. like how his name is Tim and my name's Kim. So that's yeah. very extraordinaire. Yeah. Um. You got to understand back in the eighties, you know, things were really different. There is no such thing as open adoptions. It was just closed adoptions. Mm -hmm. And once you like, it's like you sign your rights over of being in a parent to the child and it goes to, you know, who, whoever adopts them. Um, but I have a, a 
I had a very wonderful attorney, Marianne Shear. She's retired now, by the way, come to find out. <clears throat> but at the time, <clears throat> I was in a situation. You know, I just graduated high school, and I really did not know what I was going to do with my life. Like, I didn't know what my passion was. I didn't know anything. It was just go to school, get good grades, get a good job. And I fell in love with a musician who was multi-talented. i That's my weakness. Musicians are my weakness. Uh, it's back in the 80s. There were a lot of good-looking musicians. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he could sing. He played guitar. He played the keyboards. He played drums. And I just, like, loved that. And we wind up moving in together, and then things happen. I got pregnant. We broke up. So I was left with, okay, what do I do with this? And I was, like, going through all the scenarios. And I'm like, and then I had a dream one night of him with strawberry blonde hair, those awesome eyes. And he looked at something in the window and wanted it and I couldn't give it to him and having to tell him no I'm sorry I can't afford that that's what like it tore me up and I was like I can't do this I can't do that to him knowing where I was in in that point of time in my life I couldn't bear to have to bring him into this world and suffer and do without because I didn't know where I was going. So I was like, you know what? I really would love. There's got to be somebody out there that longs to have a child that can't, but they want to have a family. But I want them to love him just as much as I love him. And I went, next thing you know, I saw Marianne Cheer. She was the attorney in Fort Lauderdale. And the crazy thing about this whole thing was she was telling me a story about this couple that had a nursery all set up and they were getting ready to adopt. Uh, the wife told the husband that there was going to be something wrong with the child. But when they gave birth, it was a healthy baby. So because of that, the adoption did not go through. So hearing that, I felt something in me say, tell her not to do anything with that nursery. She's going to bring my son home to her. And it was actually his parents. And I had, after I did all that, um, I gave birth to him. I held him for the one and only time. And I just told him how much I loved him. And I'm like, take this love that I have for you with you and take it wherever you go. And I'm like, just know that I'll always love you. And I'm giving you to somebody that needs you. And that was it. And I wrote him letters. Uh, I kept in touch through the attorney letters pictures i wind up getting married to my oldest daughter katrina so i wanted him like that still kind of connection that i was able to have through the attorney with letters and photos that's what i was thinking that i could do for him so he'd know that i didn't it wasn't that i didn't love him i just couldn't be the mom that so but then it stopped they apparently moved out of state and there was no forwarding address. So let me ask you, how long did you send letters and pictures for? Was it like many, many years or months or how'd that work out? It was, I guess I have seven years. Like in my mind, it's like seven years that I, I would write letters, send pictures and whenever I could to get to the attorney to drop off the letters. And I think that seven year mark, when I went to give him another letter, that's when I got told the news that 
sorry, we don't, they moved out of state. We have no forwarding address. And that's when my heart sank. And I was like, this is my only way to connect. And now I can't connect. And that was hard. And, you know, for the longest time, I, you know, on his birthday, I would get depressed. And then Christmas would come and I'd get depressed. Because I was always thinking about him. Like, what was he doing? How was he celebrating his birthday? What sports was, did he like? What, you know, did he get into the arts? Did he get into music? That was always on my mind. And it got to the point where I would lose weight. And the thing about it is, with my pregnancy with him, it was a high-risk pregnancy. Because... I was 98 pounds soaking wet and I cannot gain weight. And I tried everything. Now, then the doctor's like, okay, you're going to eat like seven meals a day. And I looked at them like, good luck with that. Cause I don't know if I can fit all that, you know, in my body. And I, it was like insure, like breakfast, uh, insure, a snack, a lunch, insure, uh, after and then you know dinner and then another insure like they were trying to pump me up with the prenatals and everything just to gain weight I 98 pounds soaking wet most of my life and I'm like if you think you can help me gain weight with this uh, God bless you and I wind up gaining enough weight to where he was getting all the nutrients in his body and I was like truly thankful because I was getting really concerned because I'm like I don't know how to gain weight I've been like this most of my life and a miracle happened that he six pounds and yeah but you know and then I told my girls at a certain age around when they got to 10 I told them like oh, by the way you have a bigger brother you know, and I told him my situation. I told him my story, you know, and they always wondered, you know, what was going on in his life. They always wanted to know if he was okay, you know, and a part of them missed having him in their lives, but they understood why I did what I did. Right. You were, you were pretty old. From what I gathered. Um, so, Tim, mm -hmm. what's your story? What do you, do you, you know, I, I, well, let's start off with your story. Once, you know, once you found out you were adopted, how, how, how did you feel? How, you know, how did that come about? Um, well, I remember I was uh, probably about 10, 11, around that, around that age. And my, you know, my parents were like, Hey, you know, you're adopted and your, your mom wanted to bless us with a son. And, you know, she made a really big sacrifice to do that. And, uh, you know, we have you and we love you. And, you know, she writes us letters and stuff and, you know, she loves you very much and we're very thankful that she did that. And, um, I, I've always wondered it. It's always been in the back of my mind. Um, it was for as long as I remember. And I wondered if I had like a whole another, like almost like a, like a whole nother universe out there to explore. And, uh, um, I've just always wondered it, but I, the, you know, like Ma said, there was no information really provided. Like everything was handed in between a lawyer, and it was just received and then passed off, with uh, no way of really, I mean, knowing exactly. You know, she she did. From my understanding, when I was doing my research was that she delegated everything and um, lived a really good life. And my mom and dad love me and still love me to this day. I know it. And um, it, it's, it's been really wild as of recently 
but I mean, I always played sports. I was really good at hockey, paintball. And then I remember uh, I started listening to music and something just came over me. I, I getting goosebumps just thinking about it now. And uh, I remember hearing this, 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 uh, you know, because I listened to the radio and stuff and whatever's on the radio, and I loved it. But then I started getting, like, I remember I was uh, uh, in sixth grade. In sixth grade, a buddy of mine, um, he handed me uh, a Pennywise record. And he was like, you got to check this out, man. You got to check it out. And I was like, all right, all right. And I put it in. It was uh, the Full Circle record that they uh, that they had released. And it, like, literally blew me away. Like, I was just like, this is music that like you can make this because I was just so used to listening to whatever was on the radio. Right. And and to be completely honest, radio music just sucks. So, <laughs> so it, it, it was like it, it was just one of those things where I was just like, holy. I mean, it, it just like it was like Pandora's box. And then I started just like going anywhere and everywhere I could and just asking people what they like to listen to that wasn't on the radio. And then I started getting into all these. I mean, I was listening to everything. I just, my brain was like a sponge and I just kept going in and going out. And uh, then I found uh, like Blink-182 when they first came out. And uh, then, you know, I was listening to like pop punk because that was like really big in the time period. Mm -hmm. And I would like, I would always have to, it was so funny because like my mom and dad, they, they didn't really want me to like listen to music with vulgarity in it, you know? So like like Slipknot and System of a Down and Blink One Eight Two and all these bands, I'd have to like go to like a Walmart or a Best Buy and like scratch off or try to scratch off the parental advisory sticker on it. Like, <laughs> oh, you know, like you know, like oh check this out, mom. It's no parental advisory sticker, you know. And then like they, then I'd put it in or they'd hear me listen to it in my room. They'd be like, "What did I just hear?" And I'm like, "I didn't know." <laughs> and then you know, I would have to like. Then like burning CDs was a thing, like when Napster came out and and LimeWire oh. and all that stuff. So then I just started, you know, make like making CDs and stuff. And then my friends all started doing it. And then, and then I got into like live music, like going to shows and stuff when I got older. And like music was just always like resonating in my soul. I, it was crazy. So you know, long story short, I discovered bands like poison the well newfound glory and all these other amazing bands i still listen to this day but it like imprinted on my brain that i always wanted to be a musician like i had like a calling for it so then uh some of my friends we all got together in my my buddy's dad's garage <laughs> and we were just like the worst band ever <laughs> and uh we you know we just thought we were on top of the world and and then and then i started you know wondering like you know like i wonder what i wonder what my birth mom would listen to i wonder if she listens to the same music and if if i had brothers and sisters on that side like if i, I wondered what they would listen to and i've always wanted to ask you know and so i got older and you know then i moved up here and again it was just like this longing of just wanting to know and like just being like oh man life is so rad like thank you for blessing me with my mom and dad and going you know and enjoying my life and and uh one time i was with some friends and my and my parents and I, I don't know how it came up but it just came up i'm just like oh well you know you know you're you know we're talking about like adoption and stuff like that and i was like i don't really understand it because i was probably like 15 or 16 like i i understood it and, and accepted it and stuff but it was just like i wonder what it was like i start then i started realizing like the decision of like making that decision and 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 like the i guess that's a serious decision and uh and i started getting older and older and older and then um my wonderful mom as as i got really older um I was on tour uh, in some of the bands I was in and I was always just being like, man, I wonder, you know, like I, I want to make everyone happy and proud, you know, cause like my parents are proud. And then I was like, I always wanted to be like, I wish I knew if my birth mom would be like in a mosh pit or like go or like just throw down, you know? And then like, 
or like I just started thinking and then I, I made my first record um and one of the, and my my first real serious band and uh, we got really good and we we started getting a following I was like in high school at the time and I was like man I want to just like like in the bottom of my heart I was just like I want to just give this to her and show her you know like what I what I can do you know and uh, we kept going and going and it it was just like that that constant question of just like what what are they doing you know what is going on out there in that little world i don't know and um my parents just kept loving me and supporting me and and it was amazing like they are the best in the whole world and i love them so much and um it it just kept going further and further and further into life and you know now i'm 34 and uh last year my uh my birth mom who was very loving and sweet and she's she meant a lot to me um uh, she passed away of um of uh breast cancer and it was real hard that 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 hurt it hurt a lot it's, it's still a very tough thing to get over and swallow yeah yeah it does um i have a i have her i have her birth flower tattooed on my hand and i've I, I couldn't really do anything because everything was just kind of set in stone and, you know, it happened. And that was like the closest thing of pain I could feel, you know, to feel that loss, you know, and, and then a year had gone by and it was father's day last Sunday. And my, my dad, um, he came up to me, we went out to dinner and he was like, Hey man. So uh, I was moving some stuff around the house and I came across this envelope and uh, it's got all your birth mom's like letters and photos in it. And uh, you should totally like read these and look at them and, you know, see where she is and just, you know, say, Hey, see what's going on. And I was like, yeah, you know, and I, I came home after that, that after dinner and I just started reading them and like all the love and all of like the, there was just, it was like opening a book with a huge rainbow blowing up in your face. You know what I mean? It was just so much positivity and love. And I started crying and I was like, I was like page after page after page. And then I started seeing photos and like, it was so funny because I was, uh, I was with my roommate and like the, the photos fell out of the envelope and it was so weird that they all fell face down. Wow. And so I, no one saw what me, her and I never saw a single photo. They all were just like, bah! you know, and then I looked at it and I was like, Lauren, I want you to see it first. Cause I want you to just look at it and go, Oh man. You know what I mean? So I pulled the first one and I show it to her. She's like, dude, that is 100% your mom. <laughs> and like, and she was like, and she looks just like you, but with, with hair and she's beautiful. And you're just kind of like this bearded guy. And I was like, okay. So I, I turn around, I turn the photo around, I look at it, and I just started crying, man, because it was like a mirror image. And I was just blown away. I, I I literally my head exploded. And I was like, this is so rad. Like, and then that created that that re-sparked that like flame. And then it, it gave me an image to that love. So then I was like, oh, well, she's beautiful. You know, she's radiant. And um, I have to just find, I have to find her. I, I, ha I have to. But like the way that the letters from the attorney or lawyer or whatever, um, there was the only the address, the returning address was to that place. It wasn't to mom's. So right, it was just I, the there was yeah. So and so me and my friends, I started blowing everybody up. I was like, dude, check out this photo, man. Like this is the most wild shit I've ever seen in my life. And everyone was like, oh my god, oh my god. So we all like came to agreement that we were like, yo, we're gonna we're gonna find her. Like rest assured, we're gonna find her. So before taking it to Facebook and doing that, I tried to like go through the agency uh 
or the 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 lady, I guess I don't know. And she had retired. I found out she had retired, and they purged all those files. So there was no real way of getting any of that information unless maybe I went to like to the court system and explain my case and go like the legal route and like hiring a lawyer and a PI and doing all that stuff. And I was like, man, I don't, that just sounds like a lot of you know money and time. And I don't want to put anyone through all that. And I, and I was just kind of sitting there like, man, I, I don't really know what to do. And I was just kind of stumped. And then I just started looking at it. And uh, a friend of mine had, shared a photo of me and tagged me in it. So it said, oh, someone you may know has a photo of you. And I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, I think I have an idea. So I took that photo that I had and I put it on the table and I took a picture of it. And I was like, maybe Facebook would create an algorithm or like some kind of awareness somewhere out there that this photo is untaggable. Or, or the person you don't know, and then kind of like create this like thing. Like yeah, it has because Facebook has that face recognition too. Yeah, yeah. So that I was just like, well, what the hell? It, it'll either happen and I'll find out and or I, I'll just have to keep looking and find certain ways to get around that. And <laughs> not even like, oh man, like I posted that photo and and said what I said, and you know, I was like, if anyone can help me out to share this photo, make it go viral. Hopefully, we'll find her, and hopefully, like this r- algorithm will create itself, and and it'll spread massively and trend. And I just kind of crossed my fingers and was just like, fuck it, why not? And um, not even I, I don't even know, like five minutes. Uh, like five or 15 minutes one of one of my friends was like hey dude so i think i found her and i was like no way dude like there's no way you did there's no way it's like it's only been like 10 15 minutes tops she's like no 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 seriously hear me out she's like i'm gonna i'm gonna screenshot it and i'm gonna put it on that post you made and you can see for yourself and I said, sure, what the hell, why not? And right as I saw that notification, I looked at that photo. I was like, yep, that's it. We found her. So then I started going on there, you know, going online and just being like, yep, that's her. Like everyone just blow her Facebook up, like get her attention and like, let's just see what happens. And then people started showing me like YouTube, her YouTube channel. And people are like, this is 100%. Like she talks like you, acts like you, like this is like, She's just as animated as you. Like, there is, this is an uncanny discovery. Yeah. And I was just sitting there, like, my mind was just like melting with things, like, with anxiety. I was like, oh my fucking God. Like, this is so cool. And we were, we were going through. And then another friend of mine said, like, well, hey, her, her emails and her YouTube, here's her email. So I, I was like, okay, if I, if no one can get through her to Facebook because she doesn't know anybody, like we have no mutual friends, I was like, I can at least write an email. And in the email, I basically just, uh, I just said, hey, so this is going to sound really weird, but <laughs> I think I'm your biological son, and uh, here's some photos to prove it, and I've got these letters. And I was, I, and I was so apologetic. I was like, "If this is not you, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, I just, I'm on this quest, and you kind of fit the part. So, you know, if you could, if you don't mind, like responding back to me, I would really appreciate it." And it, this was at like midnight, so I figured I was like, "Well, she, you know, she's probably asleep." And um, and uh, and I, yeah, and I, I was, I was like, "Man, well, I guess we'll find out in the morning." And I get up every day for work at four and uh, I saw my, my phone had like just a thousand notifications. And I was just <laughs> like, I was like, what the hell, man? Like, what the fuck is going on? So then I started going through and like, there was like 
hundreds and hundreds of comments and hundreds and hundreds of likes. And it was shared like I don't even know how many times. And I was like, holy crap, it worked. And then I got ready for work. And I was at work just doing work stuff. And my roommate hit me up and she was like, hey, so you want to know something really crazy? And I was like, what? What's up? She's like, I'm talking to your sister of your biological mom. And I can confirm that we're correct. Like, that's definitely your biological mom. And I'm at work and I drop my phone. And I, I, I couldn't say a word. I, I, I was just like sitting and just, I just sat there. I was just like, holy shit, it worked. <laughs> I, I, I've never had that happen. So maybe like an hour goes by. And then Lauren was like, I'm talking to your mom now. And I'm like, cause I'm at work. I can't be on my phone. So I was just like, oh, no fucking way, dude. I was just like, I started like getting teary eyed. I was like, oh my God, like this is really about to happen. Like I'm, I'm moments away from speaking to my biological mother who I've in my mind has never met. And it's like 34 years later, I'm just sitting there like, oh my God, <laughs> like this is about to go down, dude. And sure enough, like later I, I, I stepped out to, um, grabbed something out of my car and I got my first text message and I read it and, and I could tell by the, the text that like she was just so stoked and she's like, Oh my God, it's me. Yes, it's me. Oh my God. And like, and, and I just sat there and read that text message, like maybe a, a thousand times in 60 seconds. And I was like, man, this is, this is so rad. Like I'm a, you know, and we started texting and texting and I had to go back to work. And then my buddy, Jeremy and Lauren were just like FaceTiming her at that time. So I was like, it's getting closer and closer to like when I get the time to like meet for the first time. And everyone at my job was like freaking out. They were like, oh my God, that happened so quick. This is escalating so quickly. And people started like crying and giving me hugs. And this is just like a real big deal. And um, I'll never forget it. I I was on my lunch break and FaceTimed her. And we yeah. just started. Oh, sorry to keep talking. I didn't mean to be a chatty. No, guy. no, it's okay. No, no, it's all right. It's, your story is awesome. Um, Thanks, man. I'll tell you that from when you guys started FaceTiming, right? Because mm -hmm. I saw the story mm -hmm. and I was like, I, I need Kim to get on the show. And, and you know, I, I was looking at it at very different angles. I need some you Kleenexes, know? guys. Come on. Yeah, I know. You did, you did also on, on the last week. You know, I can tell you that your mom. You know, she kept on crying. She's like, I'm just crying. I can't stop crying. And, and it was how happy she was. Because I, I got older. I was like, oh, my God, you have a son? What? Like, <laughs> what? You know? Where did yeah. this come out of? I, I, I know you were pregnant. What the hell's going on? You know? Yeah. And, you know, your story your stories are, is amazing. Um. Now, let me ask you, did the fear of rejection ever come to mind? I doubt yeah. it. Um, when I read those letters, I was 100% sure that there was going to be no rejection. It was just kind of like, man, I'm going to – I would basically just thought to myself, like, I'm going to double down on this. Like, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just jump the gun and do it. And I knew somewhere in my heart that she would be excited – to see me and I feel like if she didn't write me all those letters why why have that right. moment of just being like fuck off <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean and yeah. the reason why I did that Frank is I loved him so much I didn't want him to ever know that I didn't love him that I didn't want him or I abandoned him 
I was so opposite. That's the word. And I just wanted him to know that I did love him. But I did, I couldn't raise him the way I wanted to. So I gave somebody a gift that couldn't have children to have him and love him. And that was the whole, and thank God I did uh, do that because he would have never known that or never had those letters and my photos to get me, to connect to me the way everything happened. Well, I'll tell you this, Tim. You and hold on. You had here's the here's right. the unique unique thing about this because the twenty second was Wednesday. That was his mother's mom. birthday. That was my mom's birthday. Wow, talk about timing. So, yeah. So I I, I feel you know because I was just never. Uh, I was just like I just you know, was really upset about a lot of things in life. And I, I got to the point where I just had a lot of questions and I didn't have any answers. So I was just starting to give up and, and, uh, on my mom's birthday, uh, she connected me with, uh, my birth mom. Yeah. And, look, look, um, and Anita says it right, you know, and this is towards Kim, obviously. Um, that just proves how much love you had for him. You put his needs in front of yours. And I'll tell you that there's, you know, Kim, my hat's off to you because I don't know if I could have done that, you know, or, you know, it's just, just like that. Um, the fact that you were able to do that because you knew your situation, you know, to give to give him a better life is like besides just, you know, like I said, I, I know that I wouldn't be able to do that. I'd be like, no, I, you know, I'll be selfish towards, you know, with the child. I'd be like, nope, 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 you know, and that's, and that's selfish on my part, you know, I'm not sure if I'm explaining myself right. You know, but um, it's it's crazy. And just going back to, to the birthday, June 22nd, and how it all just comes together. I just feel like she is on the uh, that, that other side, that spiritual realm, that unseen, invisible realm, watching him in pain. And going through what he was going through and whatnot, she decided to, I'm going to work things out. And I feel like my dad had a part of it too. Like they were coercing to help maneuver, finding the envelope on Father's Day. And then he receiving the envelope on Father's Day. And then by the time he went through everything, Tuesday night, he just made this bold courage decision to post it and blast it on Facebook. And at that time, I was already in bed sleeping. I had mm -hmm. to get up to go to work. So when I woke up Wednesday morning and I'm looking at my phone going, why do I have all these Facebook messenger messages? Like what the hell is going on on my Facebook? And then I started, I opened one and, and there was like, ma'am, we're not trying to scam you. Uh, we have a good friend of ours that's looking for his birth mom. And I saw the birth date and I was like, wait, what? Hold up a second. And I went to the other one and I was like, hi, Kimberly, you don't know me. I'm not stalking you. However, you know, I have a good friend of mine that's looking for his birth mom. And it went on and on. And then I came to his and I, and I was like, and it was and after I started reading it and I saw my picture, I'm like, hold up a second, that's my picture. And I'm like, is this really happening? And I'm like, okay, so how did the picture come to? Like I was like becoming an investigator to make sure I'm not getting like a a, a prank or so I was like, how did you get that picture? Where did that picture come from? But deep down, I had a feeling 
that's him. That's your son. I and mean, I just went on. And I texted him. I'm like, yes, that's me. And yes, I am your mom. Listen, I can tell you this. I did not need to see a letter. Okay. <laughs> I just needed to see the pictures. All right. Because when I when I saw the pictures, okay, of him and of you, I was like, holy shit. This is hers. You cannot deny that. Those genes run strong. Okay. <laughs> there is no way that you could deny that. No. Okay. His eyes, I kid you not, Frank, when I did held him when he was a baby and I was talking to him, he looked up and opened his eyes. And I'm like, please, if anything, for what I'm doing, can you keep his eyes the same color? Because they're beautiful. And he still has the same eyes. But you know what? Look, kudos to to your dad, your mom, because I think that a lot of people, and I might be wrong, but I, I speak just for myself on how I would do things, right? I know that I would not have kept any of those letters, to be real honest with you. You know, that's, that's me being, again, a selfish individual, being like, hey, look, you know what? I'm raising him. He's mine. You know, um, I would have a hard time accepting or dealing with. Maybe eventually, yes, I would. But, you know, I could tell you that I probably would not have kept those letters in the beginning. You know, maybe not knowing the, the story. Maybe, you know, maybe your parents knew the story. I, I'm not sure. But I probably wouldn't have done that. But kudos to them for keeping the letters. You know, so, and and your dad to just say, hey, look, you know what, Tim, go find your mom. Yeah, it was just like the, the, like the, he's like, well, you know, I have him, you know, I, I think, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen? You know, just, I, I, he supports it to this day. You know, my mom and dad love me very much to the moon and back for forever. Yeah. And they're the, this, like, the sweetest people and most kind and gentle and loving people I've ever met in my life or had in my life. And my, my dad is still, he's like, <laughs> I remember he texted me this on is Wednesday. what his dad gave to me. Yeah. All the growing up pictures. Wow. That's great. I got that's more. And I'm just like, wow. My dad, my dad texted me in, in 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 more or less words. He basically was like, "That escalated quickly." <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was like he's like, "I can't believe that." It was you know, but it's he was gonna, um, he was gonna help me like try to get like a lawyer and a PI and like get me into the, uh, you know, into the direction of um, where I needed to go. And I said, man, I'll fuck it. I'm going to put it on Facebook. I'll figure it out. And that was like, like one of my buddies is like, never underestimate a, or never underestimate a motivated woman on the internet. Caitlin, <laughs> I can, I can't, I just so look forward to meeting Caitlin because she's the one yeah. that like went into investigation. And then one thing that caught her eye was how I spell my name. Kimberly with the L-E-Y. Mm -hmm. and and then during you know, like with the conversation I'm like well where did you grow up for lauderdale so she narrowed down the search and there was like right. maybe a dozen kimberleys in fort lauderdale and she went through like oh wait you're too young to have him and whatnot and then when she got to my picture she's like oh my god that's tim's mom you know and what it's it's the power of the internet Oh, yeah, no doubt. The internet is alive and well. Okay, because I can tell you that if you would have done this in the 90s, before the internet came out, right, you would have been paying money, mm -hmm. a lot of it, to, yeah. to find. Because, again, records are sealed. 
and we get them and we get them opened, they're gonna make you pay. So I mean, hey, like I said, your guys' story is amazing. I um I'm glad you guys have connected. Um now it's just it opens up a whole new world for both of you. Yeah. It is. Our whole you world know. got better. And then our first connection. Oh shit. Weekend, <laughs> How was that, that by the way? Wait, oh, man. <laughs> uh, we were gonna plan on going fishing, but it rained. So, but we were gonna have a lunch date with the girls, you know, Jacqueline and, and Kai. Katrina wasn't able to join us because she lives in Texas, but she is joining us through this yes. live. Um, so the next day we went to uh have sushi and sake mm -hmm. and we had enough time, so I'm like, I wanted to go fishing with my son when he came here. So I was like, we still have time. We don't have to leave it till about 4, 4.30ish. So uh, let's go fishing. And we went to our, our lake. And of course, I catch the first one. Yeah, and yeah. shortly after, Jeff caught one. And then Timmy catches one. And we got it all filmed. It's on my Facebook post but i was like what are the odds of each of us catching a bass <laughs> you know right before we have to leave to go down to fort lauderdale airport so it was just mind-boggling it's well, just... the, the the crazy i think the craziest part of all of it was the travel down to get down there so like oh yeah okay oh, so what? the hurdles the there was a lot that a lot of dedication went into it and so like so I find all this information out and I had no idea how I was going to get down there. And I had, I had uh, my buddy, he was like, well, I'll drive you down. And then th this, you know, there was just not that many good sleeping arrangements. Uh, he, you know, it just, it, it just wasn't going to work out. So I was like, man, I'm going to drive myself, but I need new tires. So I, everyone at my job was like, dude, take Friday off, take care of your tires, drive down there and do whatever you got to do. So I said, okay. So I, I uh, called up a tire place and uh, the first tire place I had, I had called. It just wasn't in the cards time-wise. Cause like they were already like, this is like a last, everything I was doing from this point on was mm -hmm. last minute. So no one was able to take my tires and they were like balder than I am. And I had just like, no way I'm going to put 650 tires on a bald, but you know, 650 miles on a bald tire. Yeah. yeah so I, yeah. So I was like calling and calling and calling and calling. And I finally found this place and uh, they were like, yeah, we could pencil you in, but it'll be like 10 o'clock and you know, you'll, you'll get in line, do whatever. And, um, it, and so I was like, all right, book me, book me, book me. I'm going to do it. So I get, the, I get there and it just taken a long time. Cause there's like other people in line that were there early in the morning and, you know, everyone has cars and every car eventually hiccups. So like everyone's got like, it was just like people's cars were just like, there was just something wrong with each and every one. So I was just sitting there pacing back and forth. I was like, man, I don't know if I'm going to fucking make this. and um it's like 11 30 at this point and it's like a 10 hour drive and um so i'm just like freaking out and then he goes hey man so here's the scoop your tires are good they're gonna go on your car but you you definitely need a tire alignment and he's like if you were to not get this alignment those tires you know eventually they're gonna you're gonna carve the life out of them and you're dropping 600 you know you're dropping some you're dropping some cash so you know you need to get that alignment it's gonna be like an hour to do that and at that point it's like almost 12 and i was like man i'm not gonna get the alignment i'm gonna try to find a plane ticket and so katrina I called her immediately. I was like, look, dude, driving's going to be almost close to impossible because I'd only be able to be there for like 
24 hours and drive back. I want to get as much much time as possible. And um, so Katrina and I were like calling places all like every airline under the sun. We we called them and like some of them were asking for like twelve hundred dollar tickets. And I was like, I was pulling beard hair out. I was just like, this sucks. I want to. So and so we were I was sitting there and then Katrina had called Southwest Airlines. And they had um, they had a ticket. They they had a ticket, and it was like two different tickets. And uh, one of them was a really late flight, but I had to go to N- Nashville on a layover for five hours to then in turn go down. And I was sitting there, I was like, I'm not going to get there till four o'clock in the morning. I might as well just drive at this point. Yeah. And and then I was like, I'll burn these tires out. Like, fuck it. You know, and then Katrina called this nice lady. She was so sweet. And uh, I forgot. I don't remember her name, but um, she was like, hey, I've got a flight. It could possibly get delayed. But I have a flight. 400 bucks. I said, take my fucking information right now and give me that ticket. So I get the ticket. And at this point, I have to wait just a couple hours. And then, you know, I have to take, I don't know, I don't know if you're familiar with Georgia at all, but like the Marta, the Marta train that goes into the airport. Yeah. So I, I pack up my stuff as much as I could, as fast as I could. And um, I'm on my way uh, down to Marta. And here's where like, it gets like white knuckle grip. So like I'm on 285 and 285 has to be maybe the most craziest place to drive your automobile on planet earth it has to be the the craziest and so i'm going like 70 75 miles an hour on 285 like trying to get over to like that side of town where the marta train is in north springs and i'm right behind right in front of me is this gigantic construction truck with all this crap just like huge metal construction crap hanging off this trailer this was like some final destination shit dude i swear on my life (laughs) and on on the left on the right side of me on my passenger side was a big pickup truck and on the left side of me was this massive 18 wheeler and we're all kind of seeing like all three of us i'm looking at all them and we're like watching this construction truck with all this fucking janky shit on this trailer just kind of like losing little pieces of equipment just you know the casual you're swerving you're trying to just not anything and this mat i don't know what it is but it, it, it basically looked like a yo-yo without string but maybe like 800 pounds and six feet tall and he hits this pothole and it goes right into my lane and this thing is rolling right at my car and i i like i don't know how it happened i don't know how it happened but i see the the truck driver on my driver's side, like move out of the way to give me the space. And we both like move in unison. That thing rolls behind me and it's just going. And then like all the traffic on 285 stops and I get right back into my lane and I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? So I, I'm, I keep driving. I keep going. I get to Marta um, and I'm racing to get there. And I was there super early because you have to be there early because Atlanta's mm-hmm. Atlanta, Atlanta's Atlanta. Yeah. And and so I get on the I get on Marta, and I'm going down to the airport. And I was like, Oh my god, thank God, I'm getting there. I'm going to be two hours early. I can catch a cold beer and just wait for my flight. Well, the Marta train stops, and we're not at an exit. We're not at like a station to get off at. And the lady on the, the, the lady on the intercom, she was like, Hey, so, uh, attention passengers, uh, don't be alarmed. Uh, just sit where you are. We're, we're going to have to take care of something and we'll be back on our way. So I'm thinking to myself, like, I bet you something's on fucking fire and they have to fucking deal with it. And like 30 minutes had gone by and it's like getting closer and closer to like docking time. And I'm like, Oh my God, like this, this is insane. And like then 40 minutes go by and we haven't moved at all. 
And I only went through like three stations and it takes an hour to get from North Springs all the way down to the airport. So then I'm just sitting there like, just like, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. And the lady goes, there was a f- electrical fire on the, uh, on the rail. And they had to get like somebody out there to, I guess, fix it or do something. But there was some kind of electrical fire somewhere and they couldn't go past it or do anything on the upcoming station. So they get that taken care of. And then we, we start trucking down to the airport, get to the airport. The line to get into the airport was like, uh, it, it was insane. Like the line was like gargantuan in size. And I was just like, well, bet you I'm going to miss this flight. And I walk, we're walking, we get through security, security's fine. We get there. And then I'm as I'm getting to my gate to board, I just see all these storm clouds just rolling in. And as you could see lightning in the distance. And I was like, I need to get a drink. <laughs> so we get down, go to the, I go to the bar right next to the gate and I'm ordering and, and I'm telling the story to my, this person. She's like, Oh my God, that's the most beautiful story. That's like, she started getting teary eyed. And, um, we, we were sitting there and it's getting later and later. And then they, we start to board. Okay. So the pilot and the people ended up getting stuck in some kind of situation to where they were 15 minutes late already. So I'm just sitting there like, Oh my God, like what is going on in this universe right now? And we board the plane and it, instead of like taking your ticket, and like sitting in your seat, the, the guy on the intercom goes, Attention passengers, this is flight blah, blah, blah to uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. We are trying to get everyone seated as quick as possible because a thunderstorm is rolling in. And we just want everyone to buckle up and we're going to take off. And I was like, what the fuck did that guy just say? And, and, I'm, like, and like, I'm just sitting there like, that guy just said he's going to race the storm. I was like, oh. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah. In in so many words, he just say, sit the sit the down and let's go. Yeah, yeah. And so like everyone's like looking around, like, holy shit, I guess I'll just sit here. So then like these people sit next to me, and we're all just like buckling up. And the guy, I mean, like, he's just like rushing to get there. And you can just tell, and like as we're taking off. It was almost like something out of Star Wars or like Dune or whatever. And you you see these clouds just slowly getting like they were like the clouds are coming in and we were just like taking off like and it just like it was like moving like that. And we just got out of it. And then and then I landed. It was like almost like two in the morning. And I'm walking down the escalator trying to find my way because this is my first time flying by myself. Right. And then I get to the escalator for baggage claim and I just hear Timmy. And I see this little ginger woman running up towards me, like trying to run up the escalator as I'm going down it. And I just gave her this big old bear hug and just like, oh man, it was beautiful. It was it was a really cool time. I'm going back there on Friday and uh we're gonna go fishing and Hopefully blow up some karaoke. fireworks and karaoke. Yeah. Going to go see some local breweries. I have, I'm a big brewery guy. Uh, good. I, I used to work at a brewery, two of them. Um, I love them. And um, I love craft beer. So we're going to go down. I've never been to any Fort Lauderdale or North Palm Beach breweries. So we're going to just go around and, Enjoy life and just be blessed that we're hanging out and having a good time and make some really cool memories. It's going to be really rad. Wow, you just gave me goosebumps. Straight up. Wow. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Look, yeah, again, I, I've i said it a hundred times. You know, your guys' story is amazing. Yeah, it's, it's definitely I, one. Go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say it, it was something like almost out of like 
a Ben Stiller movie or 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 like Will Ferrell movie where just like everything is happening to prevent you from doing it, but you got to be there and you're you're just like it's almost laughable at this point because I kept telling her like guess what and she's like Jesus Christ what the hell <laughs> like it was just gnarly dude yeah I think um I saw her Facebook posts and you just hear like this you know blah 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 blah. It's, it's delayed. I think. Um. I think. I even we we messaged each other that day, you know. Yeah. And she's like, "It's delayed." I'm so excited. I'm still crying. I'm gonna see him soon, but I don't know when. He's delayed, you know. And I. I could just see. I. I could. I could feel just through her own text messages, the. The wreck, the nervous wreck she was, you know. And uh-huh. I mean, I'm glad that you guys met up. You know, oh I mean, yeah, it happened for fast. Sure. It, it it really it really happened really 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 fast. You know, your story is beautiful. And look, uh, shit, here you already have a, a recommendation out here. Oh, Funky Buddha. Funky Buddha. I've I've had their beers up here. I would love to go down and check them out. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That's in Oakland Park. You know, so. um, Guys, you guys are one of, I'm not going to say a few, because I know that, I know a lot of people do find their their birth parents, but your guys' story is beautiful. It's amazing. I I love hearing it. I, you know, I'm not an emotional person, but for you guys almost had me in tears right now. Just thought I'd tell you oh, that. Th- thanks, man. You Appreciate know, it. You guys, you guys' story is beautiful. I, I'm i glad you guys connected. Make your memories. You know, Kimmy, I know, yeah. I know you're going to say something. Go for it. Well, I'm truly grateful to his mother because she- it was like paying it forward on her birthday. Like her birthday wish was to reunite us so he could still have a mom. Yeah. It's not, I would never replace her, but it's like her love and my love for him are just, a, it's a bond you can't even imagine. And she just wanted him to have a, a piece of his life and she knew like she that he always wondered about me but that was the best birthday gift that i could received back it's like i gave you this gift for the 34 years now she's like for my birthday i'm going to give you this gift your son back and it's i'm still humbled and so grateful for her and I do love her for what all that she's done for him. There's like yeah, no words. Was, yeah, she was awesome. She was amazing. One of a kind. Hey, look, guys. Like I said earlier, I had more of a show that I wanted to run, but this show's perfect just the way it is. Uh, thank you it's, so much for having me, man. You know, this is my first podcast. <laughs> Hey, listen, I you guys are welcome whenever you want. I mean, you get mad at the world, Tim. Come on my show, man. We'll talk about it. Oh, hell yeah, dude. You know, <laughs> you, you, know you shoot me an email, get a hold of me. You know, come on, man. I, I got no problems bringing you people on, new thoughts on the show. You know, it's that kind of show, you know. So yeah, for those that don't you. regularly listen to our show, just so you understand our background, what myself and my co-host Carlos would normally do is we discuss things. We we we're trying to bring conversation back to everybody. You know, saying, "Hey, we don't have to agree because Carlos and I don't agree, but we speak it out and we agree to disagree, and we keep our friendship and we talk." You know. But, hey, guys, again, thank you. Your story is beautiful. 
Um, looking to have you guys back on whenever you guys want to come on. Oh, dude, I'm honored. Um, that would be so cool. Absolutely, Frank. I love Kim, you, Frank. I, I know you're always. I know, I know, and I know that you're always willing to come down on the show without a problem. You know, so you know. I got again, you. I know, I know, I know you got me. Let's see, let's see what's our last <laughs> comment here. Ah, there we go, Katrina. This, this was awesome. You know, kitty cat. I, I, I hope that everybody that listened and people that are going to listen to the show, you know, really enjoy your guys' story. And for those of you out there that are adopted or you gave a child up for adoption, this right here is proof that eventually, you know, you can meet, you know, whether it happens five years, 10 years, whatever it is down the line, it does happen. You just have to put forth effort. And well, not only that, Frank, you know, depending on the circumstances and when not, you know, I know that there are those that give up their baby for adoption because they didn't want any part of that. They didn't want, they just wanted to, and I'm looking at those that are thinking that way, don't, you don't have to, you know, be emotionless. You know, yes, you got yourself in that situation, but you know what? You're bringing a miracle into your body, you know, and if you are thinking about adopting, it's your choice, you know. Yes, we've there's been abortions. I have I've gone through a couple, you know, one was medical and one was fear, you know, but I did give a, a gift and that was my gift. And I it's your free will. But if you are thinking, I know there's a lot of couples that would love to adopt. And the greatest gift that you could give a couple that can't have kids. I'm a perfect example. I gave a, a precious gift because I did love them. I just, I couldn't raise them. And I wanted to do something great give a, a, a precious gift to somebody that would love. It was like almost being, I'm empathic so I could feel pain. And I just felt her pain, wanting to have a child but not being able to. And I just felt it and I just like, she's not gonna feel that pain anymore because I'm gonna give her my son so she can have that experience of being a mom having a child in her life, having a family. So that's what I say to those people, you know, and, and for those that have adopted, try to show compassion to why that person gave up their child to give to you. Well, with that being said, We'll catch you guys next week. Thank you. Thank you.